Well, good morning. Thank you, Brother Doug, for reading our passage this morning. As you may have noticed, uh, we took a running uh, start from verse 1. Uh, we're covering verses 8 through 13 today in the book of Jude. Uh, but I wanted to uh, cover it all. Jude speaks uh, of the keeping power of God. Verse 1, to those who are preserved in Jesus Christ. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Verse 24, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Uh, Jude speaks of many things. Uh, in passing, but his big point is the keeping power of God. We like to talk about the perseverance of the saints, uh, but it's really the perseverance of the Lord who alone is able to keep us and preserve us for himself. Let's consider for a moment the strategic placement of Jude in scripture. Uh, first of all, uh, every book of the Bible is in its proper location. Uh, not everyone agrees with me on that, uh, on that particular point, uh, and I'm not going to argue it or defend that, uh, that thought. Uh, the order of Scripture is often chronological, but not always, but it is always in theological order. Jude set about to write about our common salvation, uh, but Paul had already written the book of Romans. Uh, which is the first uh, epistle in the New Testament. Chronologically, uh, 1 Thessalonians was probably one of the first epistles that Paul wrote. Uh, but theologically, we knew, need to know about our salvation before we learn about the second coming. Uh, both are important, right? Uh, but the second coming will only mean something to you if you're saved. Thus, Romans uh, bats lead off in, in the in the epistles. Uh, Jude holds the same relative position in scripture that John holds uh, to the gospels, that second Peter holds to Hebrew, James, and first Peter, and that is the position of cleanup uh, and summary to first, second, and third John. Uh, John uh, speaks, uh, first John speaks of the fellowship with God uh, according to 1 John 5.13, uh, John wrote his epistle so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you have salvation, God himself promises to keep you and preserve you in the face of all sorts of interesting garbage that Jude warns about. Uh, if, if you're in the book, uh, uh, looking at the book of Jude, uh, turn one page to the right and what do you see? The book of Revelation. Uh, maybe you don't have to turn the page, maybe your, your printing has it uh, all, all together there. Isn't it good to know that no matter what is coming down the road, God himself is keeping you and preserving you for himself. Uh, no matter how, how hard uh, times get, uh, God's power is greater uh, than man's, man's wisdom. Now I had brother... Uh, uh, What's his name? <laughs> Brother Doug, yes, that's him. <laughs> read, read the whole text up to verse 13 for us this morning because uh, Jude 
needs to be, there he is, <clears throat> he needs to be read, uh, need, Jude needs to be read as a unit, as Brother Bob has encouraged us to do on a weekly basis. Uh, by necessity, we break up the text into bite-sized chunks uh, to study it. Uh, but like all books of the Bible, it was meant to be read and understood in its entirety. According to Deuteronomy uh, 31, verses 9 through 12, uh, the Pentateuch was to be read every seven years uh, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, this often led to repentance and revival uh, when, when uh, this was done, especially uh, when the public reading of Scripture had been neglected uh, in those days. Uh, because of the keeping power of God, we can contend for the faith. Uh, we need to call out error uh, that does not conform to sound doctrine wherever and whenever it appears. Uh, and that is, uh, we, we, do, uh, we do not do that uh, according to the flesh, we do that according to the power of the spirit. Often, uh, 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 Error appears outside the church, uh, that's, that's a given, but often it appears inside the church as well. So why do we need to earnestly contend for the faith? Well, just a quick review, verse 4, certain men have crept in who deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5 <clears throat> gives the examples, uh, example of Israelites who thumb their nose at the promised land. Uh, they, took a, they took a trip that should have lasted 11 days and turned it into 40 years uh, so that they could all drop dead, and, and they did. Uh, verse 6 uh, gives the example of the fallen angels who had an awesome view of God in heaven, in spiritual reality, and still chose to rebel. Uh, verse 7 uh, gives us uh, the example of what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah in the Burbs. By the way, uh, there are no positive references to Sodom and Gomorrah in Scripture. Uh, I counted 48 total references, uh, 30 come after Genesis 19, and they're all bad. Uh, they stand, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah stands as an example of what God will do to all unrepentant sinners. Sinners beware. That brings us to our new material in verse 8 that continues uh, the discussion of apostates. Verse 8, Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Uh, likewise here means uh, what it you think it means it means in the same manner or in the same attitude and uh, the direct reference is to Sodom and Gomorrah. Jude uh, calls these apostates dreamers which is a reference to Deuteronomy 18 uh, where a false prophet is also called a dreamer of dreams. Uh, the sense used here is that they are out of touch with reality. Instead of being guided by scripture and by the Holy Spirit, they are guided by their feelings or whatever, or guided by dreams that are maybe the result of too much gazpacho uh, too late at night. Uh, they reject authority 
uh, especially anyone who dares to disagree with them. <laughs> Never heard of that. Uh, you know they're racist or something. Uh, and they have the chutzpah uh, to speak evil of dignitaries. Uh, the NAS uses the term, uh, for dignitaries, uses the term angelic majesties, which leads us to verse 9 uh, in the context. Uh, verse 9, Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. There are a couple of points to consider here. Uh, Deuteronomy 34.6 says the Lord buried Moses. And no one knows where, uh, apparently, so that his grave would not become a shrine. The devil, being the devil, uh, wanted the grave of Moses to be a shrine, uh, to be a distraction uh, from the Lord. Uh, but if even the Michael the archangel, and there's only one archangel, uh, if even Michael wouldn't fight the devil directly, how are we going to fight the devil? Spiritual warfare is uh, defined by Exodus 14.14 14 and Deuteronomy 1.30, if you're taking notes. Uh, they both say, the Lord fights for you. Have you ever seen the devil? Have you ever seen a demon? And your mother-in-law doesn't count. Uh, only God himself can fight our battles. If we try to fight, it's like bringing a spatula to a gunfight. Uh, the Lord rebuke you is a quote from Zechariah 3.2. When Satan came to accuse Joshua, the high priest of sin, the Lord himself acted as advocate and rebuked Satan. Uh, that's what Jesus is doing for us right now at the Father's right hand. Uh, everyone needs a good Jewish lawyer. Amen? We need him, we need him more than ever. Back to our text, uh, verse uh, 10, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these they corrupt themselves. The evolutionist has, has a corrupted view of creation because they reject the creator. Some say, couldn't God have used evolution? Yes, he could have, but he didn't. Uh, evolution, as taught by evolutionists, is statistically and thermodynamically impossible without a creator God. Uh, and he told us how he created in Genesis 1. So why don't we all believe him? Uh, the abortionist has a corrupted view of medicine, killing instead of healing, and seeks the death of the unborn because they reject the author of life. Uh, and that includes the so-called assisted suicide, uh, which is really assisted murder. The communist has a corrupted view of government that promotes injustice and, <coughs> and tyranny because they reject Jesus as Lord and Master. In the same way, the apostate corrupts the church of the living God because they reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, Romans 1 speaks of God gave them over. And when God gives you over to whatever uh, you are wallowing in, anything is possible. And we're watching that play out in our society today. 
Verse 11, woe to them, uh, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Do you get the feeling that Jude really doesn't like apostates very much? Uh, mostly for the damage they do to God's people, never mind being the Pied Piper to those who are perishing. And he's not close to being done yet. Uh, we've got more here and uh, we'll have more uh, uh, in, in the coming weeks. So here uh, we have three more Old Testament examples each with their own flavor of rebellion. Uh, the first example is Cain, uh, which we find in Genesis 4. What was Cain's problem? Uh, he offered a bloodless sacrifice. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. He was religious, but not holy. He was religious, but had no faith. Hebrews 11.4 says, by faith, Abel did offer an acceptable sacrifice. Cain wanted to worship God in his own way instead of God's way. He was the original Frank Sinatra. Uh, he did it my way, and I will not sing that for you, thank you. Uh, when push came to shove, Cain became a murderer. And yes, Cain, just in case you were wondering, you are your brother's keeper. We all are. Then we have uh, Balaam, who is mentioned in Numbers chapters 22 through 24. On the surface, Balaam looks good. He was hired by the king of Midian to curse God's people. Uh, he... Uh, uh, pretended to be spiritual, his line was, I can only say what God tells me to say. Excuse me, he even prophesied about the coming Messiah. But God knew his heart and his motives and sent an angel of death to stop him. Even his donkey uh, was smarter than he was, uh, if you read uh, the record. Balaam's problem says it very plainly. He was a prophet for profit. He worshiped money instead of the Lord. Uh, his hymn book read, uh, Rock of Ages cleft for me for a slightly higher fee. Uh, while he said nice things out loud, the incident of Numbers 25, uh, where Israel joins with the Moabites, is directly linked to the influence of Balaam. Uh, he meets his doom in Numbers 31. And what about Korah? Uh, his account can be found in Numbers 16. And it's not just Korah, uh, who is a Levite, but also guys named Dathan, Abiram, and An, who are Reubenites, and uh, 250 leaders of the congregation. They essentially challenge Moses' right to be the leader. And apparently Korah is the ringleader of this little rebellion. So Moses responds that the next day, God would show everyone his choice for leader. 
And oh, by the way, don't stand too close to these guys. Uh, what happens? The earth opens up, literally, and swallows these men and their families whole, uh, straight into the earth. And fire comes from the Lord and consumes the 250 men. If you remember the account of the burning bush in Exodus, you know that Moses tried every excuse in the book to try to disqualify himself uh, from leadership. But the Lord said, Moses, you are my man. Uh, leadership in the kingdom of God is not about abilities or status or desire. Leadership is about the calling of God. Now, essentially everyone who loves Jesus is a leader after a fashion, but to be in charge is another matter. And that comes from God himself. When you elevate yourself beyond God's calling, you're setting yourself up for a peck of trouble. Uh, King Uzziah uh, found out uh, about this when he tried, uh, when he stepped out of his lane, if you will, and tried to be a priest in the temple. Uh, it did not go well for him, uh, did it? Now, let's finish our portion. Uh, verses 12 and 13. These are spots in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves above the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is preserved the blackness of darkness forever. I see at least seven characteristics of apostates in these two verses. And you might see more, you might see less, but this is what I've seen. Number one, they are spots or stains, if you will. Uh, your translation may say hidden reefs or shoals, which is probably a better translation. Uh, just being near these guys, these hidden reefs, can leave a jagged gash in your boat uh, they are a disaster waiting to happen. Paul talks about these guys in 1 Timothy 1.19, uh, who have been shipwrecked because they reject the faith. Number two, they are selfish. Uh, they are only interested in feeding themselves and their own lusts. They pretend to be interested in others, but only for their own advantage. They're hidden reefs, they are selfish. Number three, they are waterless clouds. Uh, always promising relief, but never coming through. Uh, looks like rain, oh, never mind, just passes by. Number four, they are driven by the wind. Whichever way the winds of popularity are blowing, they follow. They lock onto the latest fad until it fizzles up and they go looking for the next fad. Uh, some of you are old enough to remember Promise Keepers. That was a fad, it fizzled out. Remember the prayer of Jabez. Just say this prayer 30 days in a row and God will bless you. Excuse me, really? Uh, the kingdom of God is not a fad. Uh, it is spiritual reality. Number five. Uh, they are fruitless, uh, putting up 
a nice front uh, is very different from ex exhibiting the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work of God in your life cannot be faked. All will be brought out in the light of day. Uh, D.L. Moody uh, is quoted as saying, when a man is born once, he will have to die twice. Uh, and that when a man uh, is born twice, he will only have to die once. Uh, the apostate is uh, twice dead. Uh, the roots of a tree uh, go down into the soil as far as the tree goes up. If it doesn't, uh, that tree is not going to last very long. No root, no fruit. Okay, they are hidden reefs. They are selfish, waterless clouds driven by the wind. They are fruitless. Number six, like raging seas, they are drama queens. Everything is a crisis to them, and everything they do to resolve their crises only takes them farther from the Lord. If we don't get a million dollars by Tuesday, our ministry will perish. Yay! <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, finally, number seven, they are wandering stars like a comet that shows up every 87 years and then disappears like a shooting star that is a flash in the pan here for a moment uh, and then gone. Their glory is temporary, just waiting for the house of cards to collapse and their true nature to be brought out in the light of day. The phrase blackness of darkness points to hell and to eternal separation from God, who is light. Uh, in contrast. Uh, question, is hell really eternal fire and blackness? It's that or worse. Is heaven really pearly gates and streets of gold? It's that or better. Human language doesn't begin to fully describe the reality of eternity. Uh, we, we only get a partial picture. Uh, we'll have to wait for the real thing. Hopefully, let's wait for the good thing. To sum up the discussion, apostates are bad news on every level, and the Lord wants to keep and preserve us from such men. Maybe you, maybe you have experienced uh, such men, such churches, such organizations that fit many or most of these descriptions. Praise the Lord. He has rescued you from them and rescued you for himself. Obviously, Jude is not done yet. There is more to come. He is just getting started. But God remains faithful to keep us and to preserve us for himself. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you uh, for your keeping power uh, in our lives. Thank you for uh, rescuing us from such men. And Lord, we ask your blessing now on our discussion time. Uh, that you will be glorified uh, in all we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen.